This is Christ, Culture, and Coffee, an apologetics podcast to help equip Christians to engage the culture through biblical, critical thinking. Hi, this is Christ, Culture, and Coffee. I'm Robbie, and I'm here with Tyler Hurley. Yep, I'm back. He's back, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be a good day. We're going to be talking about free will. Uh, but before we get into that, I wanted to let you know about a couple of things that are coming up. Um, the, f- the first thing is, is that on October 20th, we are having a deep faith student apologetics conference here in, in the Phoenix area. It's going to yeah. be at New Life Community Church in Scottsdale. It's from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. And the theme this year is cults. So we're going to be talking about how to engage Mormons, how to engage Jehovah's Witnesses, how to engage pagans, how to engage Christian science, how to engage Scientologists. Uh, it's going to be an awesome, awesome mm. day of apologetics. Um it's for it's targeted towards junior high, high school, and college students. But if you're an adult and you want to come, just grab a student and bring them with you. <laughs> that's that's totally fine. Uh, tickets are fifteen dollars, which includes a lunch catered by Chick Fil A, which is I think a steal for a conference. You get an all day conference, eight hours, plus you get uh, a free lunch. Uh, there's going to be breakout sessions. There's going to be plenary talks. It's going to be an awesome time. So we'd love for you to come to the Deep Faith Apologetics Conference on October twenty. If you're interested, you can go to deepfaithapologetics.com. All the info's there, the speaking schedule, mm. the tickets, uh, the, the link to the tickets and everything there uh, you can you can buy. So tell your youth groups about it. Tell your friends about it. Please come out to this conference. It will be well worth your time. Um, I'll also leave a link in the show notes so you can uh, just click on that and go to deepfaithapologetics.com. So Sweet. that – yeah, I'm excited about that. It's going to be a fun – Fun conference. Yeah, I went last year, and I remember it was uh, it was really cool. All the speakers we had, and um, uh, obviously the Chick Fil A catering is always great. It's always good. Yeah. So that's awesome. That's exciting. Yeah, yeah. So it's good. So yeah. So uh, we have another announcement too. We uh, also uh, I know for the past couple weeks, Robbie uh, uh, was announcing that we were going to be giving away mugs. Mm-hmm. Well, we have a winner this week. Yes. We do. And we wanted to just share the coffee tip for this winter and uh, just also just go over and explain uh, just exactly what it's like when you're uh, what, when you're brewing your coffee and what type of water you're supposed to be using? Yeah, this, this tip comes from a, a listener named Dan, uh, and he said that it's really important when we are uh, brewing coffee to think about what kind of water we have because there's only two ingredients in coffee. Coffee beans and water. <laughs> and so, That's great. yeah, water is important. And so he, he used to be a barista, and he said that um, in studying this and talking with different people, the best type of water for coffee – you ready for this? Yeah, I'm ready. The best type of water is just tap water. And I, I read that, and I thought, what are you talking about? But he sent me a link with the science behind it. And basically, Tyler, the reason that um, – uh, Tap water is good is because, mm. especially in Arizona, it's it's hard water, right, which means it has a lot of magnesium and calcium in it. And those two minerals actually bring out the best coffee flavors from the beans. That's uh, crazy. Yeah, he even was saying in, in this tip that <clears throat> if you use like um, soft water, you know, that's mm. it's softened by salt, that it makes the coffee taste flat because of all the sodium and it takes the magnesium and calcium out. And if you use a reverse osmosis system, filtration system, Interesting. It's, it's not as good either. It makes the coffee taste flat because it takes mm. out magnesium and calcium. So the best water to use for your coffee 
is just straight out of the tap. Wow. Even yeah. the Arizona, even the Phoenix area water, it's the best. Yeah, because I was going to say, uh, I've always used like filtered water when mm-hmm. I'm making coffee because I always assumed that it would taste better that way. And yeah. I think a lot of people do because you think that tap water is not going to be nearly as good just because it's it's tap water. But that's, yeah. that's really interesting that that, in fact, makes it taste better. Yep. And it's kind of nice because it's like one less step to making your coffee. It's more efficient, right? I just turn on the faucet. I grab stuff out of there. That's super easy and convenient too. Yeah, just pop it right in. Yep, it is. So Dan, thank you so much for that coffee tip. Uh, We are going to be mailing you out a mug. Uh, Christ Culture and Coffee label, or not label, logo mug is coming your way. So you can be drinking your coffee out of that soon. Yes. And if any of you have tips for us um, on on, uh, coffee tips, send them in. And if we use it on our podcast, we will send you free, no strings attached, complimentary mug. Well, I guess there's a string. You have to you give have us to a give coffee us a tip. tip. That's, yeah. a, that's the string. One string attached. <laughs> yeah, but we have we have quite a few mugs here that we, uh, we're excited for um, for you guys to have and to give yep. away and stuff. But that's the only way you can get a mug. You that's can't right. buy one. You can't, uh, you can't just ask us for one and we'll just give it to you. <laughs> nope. You have to send us a coffee tip. That is the only way you will get it. It's the only mug. way you can do it. So yeah, make sure to send it into my email that I'll put in the show notes. Or you can uh, just uh, send it on the DS Apologetics Facebook page and uh, message us on there, and, and that'll work too. But send those Perfect. coffee tips our way. We want to get rid of some of these mugs and uh, allow you to have a little uh, present from us for doing that. <laughs> great, great. <laughs> yeah, well, so. today we're going to be talking about free will. And I know last week we talked about um, why, why, does, why do people go to hell and does God send people to hell? And what about people who've never heard of Jesus? And one of the aspects of that was this idea of free will. And so Tyler had the great idea that today he wanted to talk more about that and delve more into what is free will, what do we mean by it, how does it work, uh, what does scripture have to say about it. So Tyler, why did you, um, why were you thinking that this would be a good topic? Yeah, well, one reason I find it really important is because I think that uh, a lot of Christians, especially too, uh, as well as um, uh, just other people, religious people, uh, people in general, will get into this idea of thinking that uh, um, that we don't really get to pick anything, that like uh, free will isn't uh, um, ours to have. Like This is something that's really popular as well uh, in the Muslim faith. It's that mm-hmm. uh, there's this whole idea of hard determinism, which yeah. uh, I, I will end up breaking up between hard and soft determinism, but uh, um, basically... The whole idea here of why I think this is important to discuss is because uh, it it really is a discussion of God's sovereignty and yeah. His power on whether or not He allows us to have free will and mm-hmm. the whole purpose behind it. And I think it's really important to discuss and to dissect because we should know, knowing more about God and how He created us to have this capacity for free will, mm-hmm. I think grows us closer to Him and to knowing Him altogether. Yeah, so. and, and it really, it comes down to the, the, the like idea of what kind of a world do we live in? Exactly. Because if the atheist is right about the world, then there isn't free will. There's right? none. If, if the Christian is right about the world, then there is. Um, and so it really does come down to what's reality? What, what kind of a world are we in here? Um, and, and our perspective on it, again, the, we'll get into what atheists believe about, about free will when we talk about determinism. But from, from the Christian perspective, <clears throat> we, we think that God created the world a certain way, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, he created things out of nothing, Right? That's one of the tenets of Christianity, ex nihilo, out of nothing, from nothing. 
and that um, he created things in order for us as human beings to rule over them and subdue them is what he says in, in Genesis. Um, and so as God created this universe, one, one of the quotes I love uh, from James Sire who, who wrote the book The Universe Next Door, it's a it's a book on worldviews. Yeah, that, that that book's pretty good. I've it's read it. It's really good, man. Uh, he, this is his. This is his, a quote from his book on on how God created the universe. He says that God created the the cosmos ex nihilo, out of nothing, to operate with a uniformity of cause and effect in an open system. And so we would agree that that things work generally as a cause and effect universe, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we see that all the time. Every everything that begins to exist had a cause, right? Like I had a cause, you had a cause, this microphone had a cause, right? <laughs> yeah, that's that's yeah. how things generally work. But the distinction with Christianity is that we live in an open system of cause and effect versus a closed system of cause and effect. So Muslims believe we operate in a closed system, which would mean everything's determined, right? Mm-hmm. Christians believe, like in Sire's quote, that we exist in an open system, which means that generally things work in a cause and effect universe, but there is um, openness for rearranging of even how God created things. Uh, And one of the the easiest ways to explain this is miracles, right? Mm -hmm. Miracles are a suspension of the normal (laughs) cause and effect universe that God created. Yeah, that's a good example. God can interject in our world and do miracles, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so so it's open, um, but then also being made in God's image and likeness, and being little, you know, chips off the old block. <laughs> we as human beings have a certain power to um, rearrange the world, uh, and that comes through our choices. Yeah, of course. And and the biggest way that this happened is obviously at Adam and Eve at the fall. Mm-hmm. Right, they chose to disobey God. They chose to, they chose against good, which is evil, and as a result of that, they messed everything up. Like they literally ruined it. Yeah, we, we, as huge. humans, we ruined the world. We we broke the world, and so now instead of uh, ruling over it, uh, sharks eat us. <laughs> right, and <laughs> disease attacks. Yeah, us everything and just fire pl- hurts and plagues us. and yeah. all sorts of stuff and corruption. <clears throat> and all that is because of our decision to to disobey mm. and there was a, there was a cataclysmic effect on the universe and and it's cool because scripture talks about that God's going to redeem that yeah. right that the earth groans as in childbearing and that God's going to fix the earth that's what the new earth is it's it's mm. this earth redeemed so he's in the process of making all things new um, but the state we find ourselves in is we made a real bad choice mm. and it had a, a huge effect because we live in an open system where our choices really do matter does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then uh, I think taking that even further too, and just thinking about um, um, that's that's part of what we wanted to talk about today too was uh, um, why God gave Adam and Eve the choice mm-hmm. to choose to defy Him and go against Him, basically. And uh, it's it's really uh, it's it's a really it's a topic that gets brought up a lot because. Uh, um, it, this is also known as uh, the problem of evil, right? Yeah. It's like, why it, would God allow for this to happen? Why would yeah. God allow for Adam and Eve to, to take the forbidden fruit and then bring sin into the world? Yeah. Uh, well, the interesting thing, like that, you, like when you really dive into this and you think about it, uh, it's, it, it, it's honestly one of the best arguments that atheists have. 
I'd yeah, say. that's their best argument is why why does evil stuff happen if your God's powerful? Yeah, why of course. Stuff happen? That, that's the that's and the reason why it's the, considered the best argument they have is because uh, it really uh, ties into uh, a lot of emotional mm-hmm. basis with that because especially for a lot of people in this on Earth here we've. I mean, with how sinful and corrupt the world is, people have gone through a lot of pain. So yes. it's something that people are really sensitive towards. It's funny because the atheist assumption is let's blame God for this problem that actually we brought on ourselves. Yeah, that's the, that's the it's solution. It's like he's letting bad happen to me versus I caused bad to happen to me. Yeah. And, and it's just – it's a funny uh, – it's a it, it's a funny argument. I understand where they're coming from. You're right. It's an emotional like this. I hate whatever the bad's way, happened. But the way I like to think about it is, uh, it's like is it's like a child who gets his hand burnt on gets its hand burnt on the stove, mm-hmm. and then afterwards gets upset, saying, "Why did my parents allow this to happen? Because <laughs> yeah. they left the stove on and running. Yeah, like, they're cooking dinner or something. Yeah, but yeah. it was the, the child's choice to touch the stove. <clears throat> yeah, it's not like and God's like, up there. He's not inflicting evil on us. No, but he's definitely allowing it. And, yeah. and it comes down to the reason he allows it is because of our free will. Mm-hmm. I have a quote from um, the early church father, Augustine, and he says, And I strained to perceive what I now heard, that free will was the cause of our doing ill. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. it, man. Like free will is, is the reason evil exists, using our freedom uh, in, in an evil way, mm-hmm. choosing to go against God. And this is what we do all the time, Tyler. The same thing that Adam and Eve did, right? Um, uh, the, the lie was God knows he could have made you better, and he doesn't want you to be like him because you could have been. So you need to go out there and you need to get it on your own. He's withholding something really good from you, Eve, so you go get it by eating that fruit. Yeah. And she thought, yeah, that's right. Maybe there is more that I could get. I can, I can get this on my own. Uh, and, and whenever any of us sin, that's the belief. God doesn't really have my best interest in mind. He's mm-hmm. holding out on me. He's a, he's a jerk kind of God, yeah. and I got to go out there and have my own fun or get what I want or what I deserve. Uh, it's the same – whenever we sin, it's the same reasoning because we think God doesn't have our best in mind. And yeah. We need to look out it, for number one. It always one. just stems from that lie, even when you subconsciously don't even think about it. Yeah. Because uh, oftentimes I think uh, um, we as humans will tend to just straight up forget it, even like th- those who are Christians who, and who have awareness of their sin. Mm-hmm. It's still like you just – you that lie keeps being fed back into our ears just and to our minds just thinking like, oh, I can do – this on my own. I don't need to follow God's way, yep. regardless of whether we completely always acknowledge it. Sometimes we deny it, but that's yeah. the that's the sin in us. That's right? in our that's flesh. it. Sin, yeah, that's, sin is in our body. That's sin at its core. So yep, and that's the fight that that we're going against. So so with that, let's talk about mm-hmm. um, uh, types of free will. Um, uh, philosophies, basically, of free will. Ideas of it. There's really two main types uh, that people believe in. There's what's called determinism. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's what's called libertarian free will. And so, wh- Tyler, why don't you go ahead and explain what determinism is and, and kind of how it works? Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, so the thing about determinism is uh, it's actually split up into two different parts. Mm-hmm. So there's hard determinism, and then there's soft determinism. Okay. And uh, the thing about uh, so so to kind of distinguish the two, the thing about hard determinism is that free will is more of like an illusion. Because it's not compatible with this idea, and it's uh, of like, 
like basically uh, atheists would follow uh, fall under this category because they they believe that the whole universe is just set into motion by the natural order. Yeah, by blind yeah. chance. So like, yeah. like it's it's the same thing as like uh, us creating a robot machine and then it operate operating on its own uh, way that it was designed and intended. They look at us in the same way and they would say, yeah, we're just these machines that, that evolved that evolved over time yeah. and it's just a natural order of things. Because like, they believe in just choose. a cause and effect universe. Yes, it's exactly. Not it's, de- mm-hmm. it's determined. Everything's determined for you and you're not a person, you're not a yeah, there soul, was, there right? Was, you're just a biological mm-hmm. machine. There's just an openness of it, of like everything's uh, determined. Yeah, like, not open, yeah. it's closed. Oh, sorry, yeah, sorry. There's a closeness of it. Yeah, That's what I meant. That everything's yes. determined and you can't do other than what you're doing. Yes, yes, absolutely. And then uh, and then when you uh, look into that even further, then break it down, you see uh, in soft determinism, the contrast to that, um, it's more that free will is still compatible with determinism. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's also uh, uh, known as compatibilism. So uh, soft determinism is called compatibilism. Yes, it's yeah. called it's called compatibilism. Well, going real quick, just I was thinking yeah, yeah. about going back to the hard determinist, the, the atheist view. It's so funny, Tyler, because atheists I know or like atheists who write books, right? Yes. They're writing books trying to convince me <laughs> to to change my mind and to believe in hard determinism. But if I'm determined to believe in Christianity, if they're right about the world and it's just all determined, I can't do other than what I'm doing. So why are they trying to make me do other than I'm doing? That's very interesting, <laughs> isn't it? It's it's because it's, it's not livable. It's not that's a livable a, That's the issue with it. That's right. That's right. Yeah. They, they actually know deep down that we do have choices about things. Yeah. Right? We, yeah. And, if, and if I told them, you know, I mean, because there's some atheists that are really brilliant, right? Mm-hmm. And if I went up to them and I said, you know, you're not brilliant. It's just the chemicals in your brain because of your parents' chemicals and their parents' chemicals and cause and effect universe. You, you really don't – I'm not giving you credit for anything. You shouldn't win prizes for writing your books. You shouldn't uh, get <laughs> accolades for your academic achievements, your research. They're you're just, you're just a blob of, of yeah. plateau, you know, of, of, uh, of material. So there's no significance in – in them in that case. No. You would have to argue that the, no one has significance. Yeah, but I like poking them because a lot of times they're very proud of their accomplishments when really it's just determined. Yeah. Really, you didn't write that book. You just <laughs> had to do it and the chemicals forced it out. The chemicals created that <laughs> book, not you. Yeah, and they don't like that. No, I, I put a lot of work into it. Yeah, but you didn't because you had to. <laughs> it is. It's a silly uh, – it's unlivable. You know, it, it is. It's an unlivable view at that point. So hard determinism, I, I just think – most people, it's, it goes against common sense, right? Mm-hmm. People don't people don't agree with that. So, but there is the idea of like you were saying, uh, soft determinism or compatibilism. So, what does that look like? Yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, basically, for <clears throat> soft determinism, it's that that f- like like I said before, it's that free will is compatible with this idea of determinism. So that's and why it's called compatibilism because free will is compatible. Yes, with exactly. Determinism. Okay. <clears throat> and so. Uh, like we said before as well, Muslims uh, will fall into this category uh, as well. They they have this idea that um, that everything that happens is a result of cause and effect because of sufficient prior conditions okay. and could not have been any other way. So an example for like the Muslim idea, it's that uh, God's sovereignty mm-hmm. is involved in it yeah. to where uh, uh, he put everything into motion. Okay, so like for soft determinism or compatibilism, it's that 
it is predetermined by previous causes. Yes. But there's it's it's more like a deity enters the picture. Hard determinism is kind of atheistic. Yes, exactly. It's just fatalism. Exactly. But now you get Muslims who are determinists, but it's basically because Allah has decreed it. Yeah. So yeah. There's even there's even verses that talk about how you know Allah blinds people from coming to, to realize who he is. I forgot about that. That's yeah, right. And he keeps he keeps people down. Um, so it's it's more of a him putting decisions in people mm, that yeah. causes it versus just a godless universe of cause and effect. Of course, yeah. So that, and that, that that's makes a the difference. Yeah. So mm-hmm. but there's even Christians who believe in that kind of uh, free will, right? There the, are, yeah. The, 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 determinism is or compatibilism mm-hmm. is that you can choose to do your greatest desire at the moment. And that's mm-hmm. what freedom is. They define freedom as choosing to do what your greatest desire at the moment is. But the question I always ask then is, well, where does that desire come from? Yeah, because you have to yeah, th- th- you have to explain it. It's not livable. That's the issue that you have to keep breaking down is that uh, you can't choose – I mean for them to say that you can't choose something and whereas we, we see in everyday life that you make choices just in general sure. and that – like. What kind of clothes you're wearing, what you eat for yeah, breakfast. What, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Or like uh, what what flavor coffee, I mean, what type yeah. of coffee you get. Well, but they would say what's happening is that choice or free will is your greatest desire at the moment. So your mm-hmm. greatest desire was to have a vanilla latte instead of a mocha. And so you choose what your greatest desire is at the moment. And you couldn't do different. And so the greatest desire would be the part that's predetermined then. But yeah, but what they say is that God... The, the Christian version of this is that God places in you that desire. So whatever you do, you do because it's your greatest desire, and that was placed in you mm. by God. So he's the puppet master yeah, putting yeah. the desire in you, forcing you to do things. But the problem with that becomes there's a lot of times I do bad things, and my greatest desire at the moment is to do bad things. And so is mm. God placing the desire to sin in me yeah that would be the issue it's that you would have to argue you would have to argue that if god chose for those to do good then that it means he also had to choose for those who did bad well not just for the i mean not just for some for everybody for everybody some days he puts a desire in me to be very kind and other days he puts a bad desire in me to be mean to people and i can't do differently Mm -hmm. is that the type of world we live in no. I don't think so. It just it it's goes not. against what scripture says even. Like the Bible it, it seems like the New Testament saying, Don't live in sin. Don't put on the old man, right? Yeah. <laughs> You're and, a new creation. You've died with Christ. So stop living like that. It's as if it's saying you yeah, actually can choose not to be in that like, position. I think yeah, I think uh I mean there's so many examples of that, especially like like James, for example. The whole book of James, mm-hmm. it's about uh living out the Christian life. Yeah. How do you how, why would he write that? Yeah, watch your tongue. Saying, Faith without works is dead, right? Don't show partiality. Well, I got to do what God places in my heart to do. Yeah, the truth of this <laughs> is, why try to sway people away from what they're already predetermined to do regardless? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll watch my tongue if God makes that the greatest desire of my heart at the moment. And yeah. if he doesn't, I can't do different. If, exactly. if soft determinism is true, right? yeah, that's the problem with it. So, it, the, yeah, if soft de- determinism is true, then you have to you have to just assume that uh, there's no other outcome than what you go through with. Meaning that yeah. uh, meaning 
and that includes your sin, and that would mean that includes God, everything. Yeah, everything. And so God's placing in you a desire to sin. I, I, I don't, I can't believe that because God can't do evil. Of course, because right? yeah. it's an absence of what He is. It's the lack of Him. And so, but but there are Christians. I mean, again, there are Christians who believe this. I got this R.C. Sproul uh, mm-hmm. senior quote. R.C. Sproul senior said, "The will always chooses according to its strongest inclination at the moment." And I just don't think that that's true. Mm. It seems like um, we're supposed to allow the spirit to develop self-control in us, right? So even if we do have strong inclinations, we can say, no, I'm not going to give in to that. Um, I think that that is a a very – it's a dangerous place to get into because you're basically saying, yeah, I can't can't do differently, right, than what I do. I have to do what God forces me to do. And then you get into the trouble of – God forced me to have the greatest desire at the moment to trust him as my savior. But yeah. then there's a lot of other people that he didn't force to have that greatest desire. So he 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 picked me against my will. But, yeah. but free will's not real. And he mm-hmm. picked them he he didn't pick them and it's it's not up to them at all. Yeah. And that just seems like man the New Testament imploring people, you know, repent, turn to God, listen to us, go to the world and make disciples, teaching them all I've commanded you. Um, it seems as if the New Testament's telling us people need to hear this message because they need to make a choice of what are you going to do with Jesus? Mm-hmm. Are you going to believe in him or are you not going to believe in him? So, uh, hard determinism and soft determinism, I don't think adequately answer the type of world we live in yeah they don't. and they don't i don't think they adequately answer scripture either because god holds mm-hmm. us responsible for our actions too and yeah that's the thing i, I like what you said there too because the whole thing that this falls on too is it also just depicts god as like if you really break it down this idea of god uh can tend to become kind of evil because yeah because he's choosing directly but by choosing who gets to go up and to be in heaven with him he's indirectly choosing who isn't and that therefore by not choosing them he's the one who casts those people to hell yeah well and and you'd have to say god placed the greatest desire in eve's heart to, to take disobey him and disobey so he's he becomes he does by default he becomes the author of evil yeah that's what that would be and then he judges me for causing me to do sin. <laughs> so <laughs> He by, punishes me for something I couldn't have done other than. Yeah, by him not intervening and choosing you, he invert, or invertly chose for you to choose sin, basically. Yeah, well, and no, then he, he punishes he you for He that. doesn't just allow me to choose sin. That's what I, that's what I think the real well, world yeah. we live in. He forces me to do it. Against That's my what it will. would be, yeah. Like, because it's the greatest desire he places in me, according to soft determinism. And so I just, I don't think that that's the kind of God we read about in Scripture. No. I literally don't think he can do evil. He, it says he cannot lie. He's not a man that he could lie, Mm-mm. right? He can't do sin. He can't do evil. But there are Christians who believe this. I've got a quote here uh, from from a guy, Gordon H. Clark, and this again, this is just, it, this isn't what all Christians believe. But, but some hold to this. He says, I wish very frankly and pointedly to assert that if a man gets drunk and shoots his family, it was the will of God that he should do it. It may seem strange at first that God would decree an immoral act, but the Bible shows that he did. 
Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> no. God didn't decree. God didn't force. It's not God's will no. that somebody gets drunk and shoots their family. But if you buy into <clears throat> soft determinism or compatibilism, that's where you go with it, is, is God causes every little thing to happen. So the alternative to this is what we call libertarian free will. Yes. Which I think mm-hmm. makes more sense of the world that I observe, and I think it makes way more sense uh, and it aligns with what Scripture actually teaches. Yeah, it's a lot more livable, obviously. It, it is. <laughs> so so libertarian free will basically is the idea that um, morally responsible agents, so people, are the origin of their choices, and prior conditions are not the final determiner for the agent. Now, let's be honest. There's times in life where we give in to peer pressure, right? Mm -hmm. So environment can force us to make certain decisions. But we are responsible for whatever decision we make, whether it's from environmental factors or not. So just like in determinism, uh, in libertarian free will, there's hard libertarianism and there's soft libertarianism. So hard libertarianism believes that a person is genuinely free only if they always have the ability to choose contrary or that they're free from external influences. Mm. I think that's an absurd idea because when have I ever been free from external influences? Right? I'm not free just to choose to fly under my own power right now, so therefore yeah. I'm not free at all. No, that's not true. <laughs> right? Um, in the future, like uh, I can make bad decisions in the past that limit my decision making in the future. So I don't always have the ability to choose contrary. But soft libertarianism teaches that you – a lot of the time, most of your life, you do have the opportunity to choose contrary. Mm-hmm. So I, I think soft libertarian free will is actually what human beings have. Um, and I, I think it's the type of free will that God actually has. And that, that's a key in this is maybe we should say, what kind of free will does God have? Can God mm, do anything? Yeah. No. We, we teach people, you know, his omnipotence. He's all powerful. He can do anything. That's, that's completely not true. Mm. Are, what, what are things God can't do? Uh, well, well uh, one that I hear often is uh, people ask to kind of stump you as they'll say, can God create a rock so big he cannot lift? Yeah, and why is that a, a bad question? Well, for one, uh, God isn't a physical being, so He can't lift it anyways. But that's <laughs> <laughs> that, so natural order. Uh, but but that's the thing. That's where it stems from. The, the reason it's a bad question is because that's not God's nature. Well, and it's an yeah, and it's an illogical it's, question. Yeah, and it, it, well, and it's illogical. That's the whole purpose. Because yeah. uh, another one that you hear often is uh, God can't ha- create a married bachelor. Yeah, because and, by definition, a married person is not a bachelor, but that's and a, a bachelor is not a married person. So it's an yeah. illogical thing. It's so, not compatible. So God mm. can't do illogical things. Yeah, because it, he's a god of order. Yeah, I mean, and could you imagine if he wasn't though? Imagine like if there was not, if, if God was not a god of order and he created yeah. the universe in, in chaos. Chaos. Yeah, yeah, it'd be horrible. Well, the very definition. Yeah. Well, the very idea of created is to order. Exactly. And that's what we see in Genesis. He starts ordering things in an orderly way. Yeah, you <laughs> he see. He didn't make humans mm-hmm. before he made food. That was a good move. Yeah, and land and air, obviously, <laughs> yeah. and water, everything. He made things in an orderly fashion mm-hmm. because he's a god of order. He's not a god of chaos. Satan brings chaos. Mm-hmm. God brings order. God brings peace. So he can't do illogical things. Um, he can't sin, right? Scripture, he's not a man that he should lie, right? Mm-hmm. He can't do evil things. So when we say God's omnipotent, we don't mean he can do anything. 
um, because there are things that he can't do. But that's not a detriment to his character. It's actually good that he can't do evil. Like that's that's better. He, you of know what course, else he can't yeah. do, Tyler? He can't change. That's a good thing. That he's immutable. We have doctrines written about this. There are things <laughs> he can't do, but that doesn't mean he's powerless. It means he's he's perfect. He's ultimately powerful. And if he could change and get less perfect, that'd be bad. That's <laughs> like that's like basically when you boil down the argument, people are saying God is not perfect because he can't be imperfect. Yeah, that's what they're saying. But so so with, with all of this is to say, what kind of free will does God have? Well, he can't just choose to do anything, but he can do what's within his nature to do, mm. within his character to do, right? Exactly. And that's where I think soft libertarianism makes the most sense to me uh, out of what I observe in the, the world and what I read in scripture. So the idea of soft libertarian free will is that a person's character determines a range of choices instead of a specific choice, all right? Mm. So... Um, for instance, there's people, <laughs> there's people in my life that I know that if somebody came up to me and said, oh man, this guy, he just got so angry and he beat his wife. I would go, yeah, I could see that. Why? Because I know the guy and I've seen him fly off the handle and it's within his character to lose it and do something evil like that. And you've seen the free choices that they've made to yeah. do that in the past, yeah. There's other people in my life that if somebody came up and said, that guy beat his wife, I would say, no, he didn't. No way. It's just, no way. No, he did not. That is just an absurd idea. Why? Because I know his character, and that isn't in the range of what that guy can do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because he's so like Jesus, there's just no way that, that some, there's a mistake or something, right? Uh, so that's the idea of libertarian free will, that we can choose to do what's within a range uh, of our character. And, and how this breaks down is, um, is pretty interesting. So there, there's kind of components to libertarian free will, and I, I like these. The, the first one, and I, I'm getting these, these five tenets of soft libertarianism. This comes from a really good book called Salvation and Sovereignty by Kenneth Keithley. Like, it is a great book, uh, Salvation and Sovereignty by Kenneth Keithley. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. And he, he breaks down what is soft libertarianism. And the, the first tenet of it is that we have ultimate responsibility. Human beings are the ultimate origin of their decision, meaning you're responsible for your choices. Mm -hmm. That's why God can punish us, right? That's why he says... Um, uh, you're responsible for what you choose to believe about Jesus, right? Our whole eternal life rests on what I decide to do with this free gift that Jesus is offering me. Um, so we're ultimately responsible. If soft, if soft determinism is true, are we responsible? Well, yeah. How? I'm kidding. Oh, yeah. It's like, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. If, 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 if compatibalism, soft determinism is true, then God's making me have these desires, <laughs> how can I be responsible yes, for Yes, it them, doesn't right? make sense. No, but self-libertarianism, <laughs> we're, we're actually responsible. Um, the second tenet of self-libertarianism is, is agent causation, meaning that the person who makes the choice is the origin of the choice. Mm, yeah. I'm not forced by outside factors. Now, I can be influenced, but I'm not forced by my environment, by my family, or by God to make 
certain choices. They stem from within me. I am the agent of causation yeah, for my decisions. Of course. I mean, we can be tempted to do things. Of course. But tempted even, think about that word. Tempted implies you still could choose what you're going to do with it. That's exactly the point. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't mean you must do it, but we, we can be influenced by temptation or, or influenced by good. Right. Yeah. But we're still the the cause. My decision uh, stems from within me. It's an aspect of our soul yeah. to have a will. Right. It's an aspect of our soul. So we're ultimately responsible. We're the cause of our choices. Right. Um, it, Romans five twelve even talks about this, where where Paul says, "By one man sin entered into the world. It was by it was by Adam's decision. Right. Mm -hmm. That sin came about." Um, that's, that's, we're the cause of our decisions. And then there's this next tenet. The third one is the principle of alternative possibilities. And it means that at times we will have the ability to choose or refrain uh, from certain things, that the idea of choice is really available. Like uh, this afternoon for lunch, I had a Subway sandwich. Hmm. I actually had the choice to go have pizza. Actually, there was pizza here in the fridge. <laughs> and I thought about, do I want pizza now? Nah, I want to be a little more healthy. I'm going to go grab a sandwich. But I could have actually chosen pizza. It's not just a hypothetical. It's mm. an actual. There are alternative possibilities of what we can choose, right? A person can actually make different choices. And this is kind of intuitive. You, you know that, right? Oh, of course, yeah. And sometimes when you make a bad choice, you regret, man, what was I thinking? It's I like, should why, have. Yeah, why didn't I cho choose that? Yeah. And, uh, yeah, like we make decisions we regret all the time. Yep. And, and that, that also kind of plays into the idea of um, uh, like that. Like that I, it, it, play, it goes against that idea of th claiming that we, ha we choose whatever our greatest desire is. Because mm -hmm. oftentimes we make choices thinking it's going to grant us our greatest desire, but we yeah. end up not getting that. And then, yep. like, well, isn't that what whole, sin is? is when, that's what when it I is. Say, this is my desire. Uh, I'm going to feel good or I'm going to get what I want out of this. Yeah. And then Sin it, it backfires. Yeah. And, and it seems like the Bible says, <laughs> now self-control, don't do what you feel like you should do, right? Control and, your urges. And for the Bible to say that for us, uh, that we have the... <laughs> For the commandment to be there, to not do what we want to do, yeah. that therefore implies that we have the choice to not do what we, we want. We have the ability, yeah. We actually, and, and we'll be held responsible for what we do with that. Yeah, right? of course. Another thing, <laughs> uh, another tenet of, of libertarian, a soft libertarian free will is this idea of what's called the reality of will-setting moments. And this mm. is the distinction. This is what makes it different from hard libertarianism, okay. where they say you always have a choice. Sometimes you don't. And um, it, it works like this. Decisions you make in the past can enslave you from making free choices in the future. Mm -hmm. um, okay. uh, there's a lot of examples of this, but let's just say, you know, when I, am, when I was 15, I chose to do heroin, okay? And I shot up heroin, and it's v super addictive, right? I made the free choice when I was 15 to do it, and then I get addicted. Mm. And I'm, I'm a 26-year-old junkie who has to have heroin. And even though I say I hate this and I don't want it anymore, uh, the chemical has taken over my body and I can't choose not to do it. Right? Mm. Yeah. And, and again, you can get help and you can get off of it. But there are certain choices we make in the past 
that can enslave us from having freedom in the future. This is why your decisions actually matter. I mean, we talk to the teenagers about this all the time, right? With different, <laughs> with different, with different sins and different uh-huh. things. Like, don't make mistakes when you're young because they're going to haunt you later. Meaning, they're going to tie you up. You're not going to be able to have as much freedom. And and so, f- freedom, according to the biblical view, is the ability to do what you know is the right thing to do. Mm, not right. do whatever you want, right? And I think a cool analogy for that is, um, so we have a piano at my house, and I know how to play piano. My mom made me get piano lessons as a kid, and I hated it then, but I'm thankful now. Uh, but my kids don't know how to play the piano. And uh, if I sit down, I know what I'm doing, and I can play, and it sounds good. And if they sit down, they just bang on it. <laughs> and does it sound good? Mm, no, it no. sounds horrible, and it's annoying. <laughs> uh, uh, but they're not good at it. So they have the freedom to do whatever they want with the piano, but they don't have the freedom to do what the right thing with the piano is. Yeah, there's more freedom in that. But somebody who knows how to play it has freedom to do what sounds right, what is right with the piano, and that can be beautiful. But unless you have, what does it take to learn how to play piano? Oh, discipline, (laughs) (laughs) right? Self-discipline, you choose to submit, that you can't do it. Time and effort, yeah. And that's that's what freedom is, the the freedom to choose what we know is the right thing to do, not do whatever you want, because do whatever you want can mean you choose evil. Mm -hmm. And that's not freedom, that enslaves us, that hurts us, that harms us. So I think that libertarian free will really has something going for it. Uh, It makes the most sense, it's kind of a common sense view of of our decision making, but it also doesn't make... God the author of evil mm-hmm. and not the determiner of my sin and that if I'm having a real bad day and struggling with stuff, well, I'm not responsible. God made me do it. Yeah. Man, that is just, that's a scary way to go. So I think that when we, when we get down to it, man, libertarian free will is such a better option than uh, compatibilism or soft determinism. Yeah, I completely agree. That's just, uh, it's really crazy when you break it down and you just see the differences. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I think uh, you you fall into one of these two categories. Mm-hmm. Uh, no matter what you believe, if you're an atheist, right? If you're a Muslim, some Christians are compatibilists, some Christians are, are libertarian. Um, but it's an important thing to think through. And I know this podcast has been kind of heady. <laughs> yeah, it's not yeah, light at all. But it's good for us all to to think through these things. And yeah, what's really going on? And um, um, why and- does God? It's it's just an amazing thing that our salvation, God took care of it all. He paid mm-hmm. it all. And then he puts this gift of grace before us. Yeah. He says, what are you going to choose to do with it? Our choice on what we do with Jesus has eternal consequences. This is a serious world where our choices actually matter. And and God has made our will um, um, a factor in where we'll spend our eternity. And how much more loving is it that he allows us to have the choice to choose him. It is loving. Well, and, yeah. and last week, you know, while you were gone, I talked about hell. Mm-hmm. And one of the things about hell was that God allows people to reject him because yeah. he's loving. One of the most loving things you can do, instead of chasing down that girl you really like who's rejected you, the most loving thing you can do is let her go. Mm. Otherwise, you kidnap her, right? <laughs> that's, that's no good. So yeah, in, in allowing rejection, God is still showing love and he's dignifying human choice. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 a big it's a big deal. So, 
We yeah. could talk about this all day. This is uh, great. We could get into, you know, what is God? <laughs> if he knows the future, does that mean he has to cause the future? And do, does that make compatibilism true? Or There's so much we could get into, but I think uh, I think this is good for one week. It's a lot oh, to think through and process. It is. But, uh, yeah, hopefully that made sense uh, for all those who have been listening. This is a very fun topic to discuss, and it's important to know uh, just that the, the Bible does sh- have examples of us basically choosing for ourselves uh, yeah. the Lord and being able to have that freedom is just, it's a gift. And so... It is, and it's the way that God made the world. Yeah, exactly. Now, again, this doesn't mean he's not ultimately in control of things, mm-hmm. but I don't think he has to micromanage every decision to be in control. Absolutely. And that's even more powerful, to actually allow real choice and to still be able to bring your plan about. Yeah. That's that's way powerful versus if he's a puppet master making me choose Captain Crunch over <laughs> Cheerios every day, you know? Of um, course. So. Yeah. So, well, thanks for listening to Christ Culture and Coffee today. Uh, again, if you if you have any coffee tips, please email them in to us. And if you would rate us on iTunes, that would be a huge help. Um, we'd love to get um, more notoriety and be able to reach more people with the truth mm-hmm. of, of who God is and why, as Christians, we have good evidence for it. So, if you could rate us on there and write a comment on there, um, we would really appreciate that. So, thanks for being with us this week, and uh, we'll see you. Well, we won't see you. But we'll talk to you. And you'll hear us. (laughs) And you'll hear us uh, (laughs) next week. All right. Thank you very much again for listening. Yep. Have a good week. All right. You have been listening to Christ, Culture, and Coffee, a podcast ministry of Desert Springs Community Church in Goodyear, Arizona. For more information, visit our website at dscchurch.com.